You are listening to Omnis Protocol. I am Charles, also known as Omnis, and I'm here with uh, Dizard from The Danger Room. What's going on, man? Oh, not much. Um, I will say real quick, um, it's I, I guess it's more commonly Dizard, not Dizard, um, which is kind of weird. Because like, when I was a kid, I would always call it Dizard, and then people would just always say Dizard, so I just kind of ended just accepting the fact that Dizard makes more sense. Okay. I feel um, like the first time I recorded <laughs> with you, I got corrected and was told it was Dizard. Or am I remembering uh, wrong? I don't remember, to be honest. It was, <laughs> what, two about pretty much like a year and a half ago now, I think, if I remember correctly. Okay. Because I, I, I could have sworn I thought it was Dizard. And honestly, if I don't actively, <laughs> you know, I have to actively, like, tell myself to not say it that way. So maybe I'm just remembering wrong. But yeah, Dizzard's easier for me. I'm totally cool with that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right, Dizzard. So uh, uh, as I've, uh, you know, I listen to occasional Danger Room episode here and there, and uh, you seem to be a little bit of an X-Force fan. <laughs> um, I like to refer to it as... I don't even know what to refer to it as. It's just... Addiction, I, obsession. Yeah, I, obsession is probably the best way to do it. <laughs> this, I, I really don't know what else to do because it's like everyone's always saying, "Hey, you should try this, you should try this," and then like I try playing it, and it's just okay. Yeah, that's fun. But then when I play X Force, even if I'm losing, a lot of times it's just like, "Oh man, if I just did this differently," like I, I get super excited about even games that I lose, um, unless I'm like taking it way too seriously, which at that point I'm just not doing what I should be doing anyways with the game. But um, regardless, I just, I always gravitate towards X-Force or X-Men, but primarily X-Force. It's just, it's just, it pulls me to it for some reason. And I don't know why, but all right. So listeners, the plan here is that uh Dizzard is going to help me build an X-Force roster. Um, I think luck. most people know at this point, I've been playing a crap ton of X-Men. I caught whatever Danger Room had in 2021, like whatever that bug was, whatever that version of the COVID virus, I caught it. And now I can't seem to stop playing X-Men. But I want to give X-Force a, like, a legitimate run as well. I think yeah. Cable is one of my favorite sculpts in mm -hmm. the whole MCP line. I actually like my paint job on him quite a bit. I'd love to play him more. Um, so I thought, I mean, who, who better to come on and help me with, uh, with X-Force than the, the X-Force savior, Dizzard himself. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, this is, uh, I I'm going to say this right now. Um, that is a not self-proclaimed title. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, I have seen things as Dizzard, the X-Force Messiah, um, <laughs> Um, oh man, I should have introduced the episode that way. Like, <laughs> and with me today, I've got Dizzard, the X Force Messiah. It's just, I will say it, it's it's kind of awesome because, like, so I I don't know whoever follows like the TTS leagues um, updates and news and stuff like that. Yeah, I, I didn't make cuts at all. Like, I went uh, what one and two with X Force. Had, had a bad run with it. I wasn't really happy with the list looking back on it. Um, I thought I was, but I really wasn't. But anyways, um, Lawson, like, there's like a whole entire Discord um, X-Force within the fan server um, for this Marvel. And basically went in there like, oh, I'm sorry, guys. I I failed. Um, and pretty much everybody's like, you know what? Like, you, like, you basically are the reason why I'm playing X-Force. Like, 
and I've heard so many different things. Like I saw a couple different responses of like when I was even debating on if I go X Force because there was the whole putting X twenty three into Guardians, playing the same game plan, but not X Force. And somebody had mentioned that like because like the articles I was doing that um people actually thought X Force actually were playable. Um so it just kinda like it encouraged me, I guess you could say, or that it's it's really awesome to see stuff like that from the community of like um just people saying like that my words i guess uh or my enthusiasm with the team like inspires them to play them i I think that's awesome um there's definitely a cool part when you can like kind of like lead the you know trailblaze for an affiliation and so i'm gonna drag on all of your trailblazing knowledge and (laughs) help me figure out what to play so i have a few like starter ideas questions that i wanted to run by you to help kind of guide me in this process sure um the first one is i would kind of like to build a solo x-force roster despite being a pro dual affiliation i think for the Mm -hmm. purposes of testing and really getting a feel for them um i kind of wanted to start off solo and i was curious if there was any like you're just like well these matchups are just going to super suck for you or you can do solo, but you need to include like these key characters or something. Like, what are your thoughts on solo X Force? So, for a while there, I was thinking mono X Force was better than just splitting because you're really robbing away from the X Force plan if you are going to go dual affiliated, even if it is X Men, which is super easy to splash into. Um, but going mono, you can easily just different characters the hardest thing to plan for is gonna be your 14 and your 15 after that it's just easy because it's rinse and repeat list swap out one character and it's the same list doing the same things with basically the same characters just at a different threat value um so 14 and 15 is like the the big struggle point values because cable being that five threat something else you need to come to grips with is something i learned when i played spider foes pre um errata or update whatever you want to call it um there's going to be games where you just are going to have to leave cable behind um, at, at 14, because if you're doing a core of cable badger 23, that's 10 right there. So you only have four points left. So you could play a four point wide, a four wide with those three plus a four threat. Um, and that's fine. But there's some games where you're going against like guardians where they're going five, six wide at 14 and you're going to be probably not keep up with six it. at 14 in most cases, but five uh, is not unreasonable. I mean, they, guardians love twos. You could, they could easily do it because you got Nebula and rocket both affiliated. Yeah. So but guardians I think, can do it. Yeah, they, they certainly can three twos starts to. Yeah. Is, is it three twos? Cause that's six. Yeah. It has to be three twos. Uh, four. I don't no, at 14, now. they would have to be running four twos to make it. Yeah. I believe Utility oh. Cookie was working on one, something like that, where he was running like a six wide at 14. It was something stupid like that. And I, He's a crazy uh, man. Crazy he man. Is. He, okay. He just, but either way, the, the core answer to the question <laughs> is, is that I can do solo X-Force if I want. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it, just, it just comes down to planning your bad matchups. And making sure you have an answer for absolutely everything within your roster. Um, and having one answer be like a multiple answer. So like I'm bringing X character for 14, 16, and 18 against these matchups. Um, and this is where just having really good characters in the game come in. 
Cool. Okay. Um, one of my concepts that I kind of was like excited to explore was the possibility of um, running uh, a fair amount of fast healing characters. Mm-hmm. Um, still not a Sabretooth or Wolverine fan, but um, I was thinking about including Cassandra Nova and Lizard. What mm-hmm. are your general thoughts on like working that into uh, an X-Force plan? So I really like Nova in X-Force. Um I actually took Nova to NashCon last year, and that's because like AS- I had a plan for ASM and Moon Knight, but they didn't come out in time, so I went with Nova as my five threat. And I really enjoyed it because something that X-Force lacks is control. And with her, um, what, what is it called? Mind manipulation or what I can't remember her second attack is. The one that basically she attacks, if she does damage, she gets to move them. Um, that one's really good because X-Force doesn't have any displacement other than Berserker Barrage off of Wolverine. So it's mind possession, and she does not have to damage. Okay. She just gets it. Yeah. So it's like, getting stuff like that is always good. Um, Same thing with Lizard. Lizard is a really good, like, I I like to call it soft control. um, Because he's he's not really a control piece. He's there to take hits and hold the point and push people away occasionally. So I call it a soft control for Lizard. But it's again, it's, it's it's back on that thing. You're doubling down on your healing factor, and you're bringing in stuff that you don't have already. Yeah, I was just thinking. I was like, well, I'd like to be able to get good use of exceptional healing. I feel like yeah. there is a very reasonable chance that X twenty three makes like the vast majority of rosters, and then Honey Badger again probably gets played a very fair amount. And when you, I think once you hit two, like. I'm not sure if I would always run exceptional healing with just Honey Badger and X23, mm-hmm. but I think as soon as I have X23 and Cassandra or Lizard, I think I just X and then exceptional healing is just money. And if you're running three of them, like you're always going to have a good moment for it. Oh yeah, I I kind of feel like if you're playing 23 and Badger, I mean, if, if, I think if you're playing Badger, you take exceptional healing. Because okay. how annoying is it if you have someone like Corvus come in and do an attack and Honey Badger soaks it and she just say she gets like she has cable nearby so she's rolling five defense dice and she tanks it just like rolls amazing takes one damage it gets her up to three uh, power so that you have exceptional online at this point. So then you go ahead and you're like, cool, I'm going to bodyguard or um, too difficult to ignore the next one. Yeah. Um, Taunt. Yeah, Let's just call yeah, them all taunt. Like all taunt. the too dangerous right. to ignore. So like, yeah. they have taunt, not bodyguard. So, so Corvus gets a flurry. She taunts it, and Cable boosts again. Roll another five dice, and you're still fine. And then Corvus gets to do a second action. He attacks again. Oh, Honey Badger's gonna soak it again. And then you go and you he spikes, and this is the one he gets doing like ten damage on, and you have a two threat, and you just spend three power to take one damage. Or another good option is you have Honey Badger, you have a Hulkbuster or an Iron Man, and they just go and do Helios Laser and spend 15 power on it. Okay, my two threats going to soak it and take one damage. Like, how upsetting is that for your opponent? Um, well, I do think it's unlikely that someone's going <laughs> to Helios Laser with Honey Badger within range two of them. Sometimes they can't control it. Um, <laughs> sometimes you just can't. Sometimes people um, just forget about it because they like once she's a newer character, so they don't haven't ran the matchup enough times to just remember that she's just like, oh yeah, she has a taunt. Um, so that happens quite a bit actually. Is she's just so newer that people forget about it? 
or the fact that between her and 23 and stuff that I personally bring within the affiliation, like they're just so mobile that I typically have Badger where I want her to be at all times. And I don't really care. Fair. Okay. Um, I also wanted to ask, what are your thoughts on including a rogue agent like a Taskmaster or Bucky? Um, uh, <laughs> not really needed, pretty cool for the roster. Like, what are your thoughts? So I Taskmaster's fun. Um, if we're looking at the rogue agent ability by itself, no, it's not needed anymore. Badger and 23 make it so it's not needed. Because if you're looking at this, you're taking Cable, you're taking Badger, you're taking 23. You're, just, you're taking them in your roster these days. Um, Domino is just another stellar uh, three threat. So at that point, with those three characters, you're looking at 13 points um, with four characters. So you don't need a rogue agent because you already have more than 10 points in more than four characters. So you don't need a rogue agent. Um, the only place. Yeah. I definitely didn't think it was needed, Yeah, but I was like, just some initial math. I was thinking, well, let's say I'm in a situation where like, I just don't think that, or just hypothetically, if I wanted to run six wide at 20 and I mm-hmm. wanted to have everyone be able to contest, I was like, ooh, there, were, there is some nice math of being able to go like cable, um, X23, Domino, and then if you have Bucky or Taskmaster, then you can run two more threes. Yeah. And I was like, ooh, that could be pretty good. And so it was just it was just kind of an idea I wanted to run by before we started getting into the finer, finer building. Um, I... Personally, think Bucky is um, an X Force character. Um, <laughs> like your your game plan with X Force is to like, get in there and get in there fast, um, and people are going to die. You just have to play this list knowing that your people are going to get dazed and they're going to get KO'd. So Bucky's just super good for it because if you got your back, like you're losing characters, but you're still punishing your opponent for doing it. Um, so Bucky's just awesome there. Plus the rerolls that you're going to get during your opponent's turn because of the leadership. Um, so if you're doubling down and actually benefiting from the leadership, it makes the leadership feel actually good and pretty decent in that aspect. Um, this is why I actually think Sabretooth is actually a much better character than people give him credit for. I think Sabretooth is actually amazing within X-Force. Um, he just has a very odd game plan when you're doing it. But anyways, um, Bucky, I would say yes. Taskmaster, I would say no. Have you gotten any recent games in with Taskmaster out of curiosity? Because it's like he is surprisingly durable at times. <laughs> and so I like both of them. Uh, and I'm just, you know, and I did was leaning towards Bucky. But I had like almost every time I put Taskmaster on the table, that dude surprises me. I, I love Taskmaster. Um, he's He was a staple for a long time. I used to only run Taskmaster if I needed it because he was way better than old Bucky. So when X-Men came out, when X-Force came out, like Taskmaster was a staple for the team. Yeah, um, he's so good in Storm. Like, and he just he just he hasn't changed. So he's still solid, but Bucky is stupid good now. Um range five gun, auto bleeds, um, rapid fire on the on the hit. It's just really good. Um that and between his um oh what is it called spaznas training is that the one yeah the, the one that he, that's the reroll um the one that makes him hop and get be mobile that he can basically have a, an X uh, and hop on his own cards hydro tactics so like his hydro tactics is actually insanely silly um because I I love playing Medusa with an X Force so you could literally 
if you R and D, you can Royal Decree and Hydra Tactics off of um, both of them round one, and essentially have one of them being center line um, without even doing an action, uh, which is typically going to be Medusa at that point. But it's just kind of funny to have little interactions like that. Um, it's it's all about efficiency, and Winter Soldier is extremely efficient. Um, so I love Winter Soldier with an X Force. Taskmaster's fun, but he's he's got some issues as comparatively speaking to where he's not as efficient as Bucky is. So that's that's what I would look at is where you get the most efficiency for your takes. Makes sense. All right, so really key unaffiliated characters. Like obviously some of the more obvious ones that come to mind would be like Zemo, Medusa, Shuri, Voodoo. Are there any like really specific um unaffiliated characters that you think are uh are key to X-Force? I think it depends on what type of build you're going for. Um I think the biggest ones are the ones that you said. So yeah. Voodoo because of the meta. Um but I don't necessarily think you have to 100% take Voodoo. I think if people feel that they are having to take Voodoo because it's the Voodoo meta, then just try playing games without him. It's really not that bad. Yes, he's annoying, but you can play games and still perform very well without Voodoo. Like, Sploosh right now is 4-0, and he doesn't have Voodoo in his list. So it's like, you don't need to have Voodoo to play well. Um, granted, he's playing Syndicate, so no, that's that's a different story. Um, but you yeah, don't it's have, so nice of Sploosh to, to represent some underpowered <laughs> stuff like Criminal yeah. Syndicate with Corvus and Proxima. Like it, yeah. he's just he's really repping the underdogs. Exactly. Um, <laughs> but it's it's yeah. So Zemo, yes, absolutely. I think Zemo is a staple for X Force. Um, Medusa is. Anybody tries saying that Medusa got nerfed into Oblivion, they're absolutely wrong. They're just looking at Medusa wrong. Um, she is a machine, and she, she loves an X-Force reroll because now you're getting two rerolls on your attacks. You're more likely to get your flurry trigger, and it's almost like she wasn't even changed at all. Um, Dude, just... when I came back to the game <laughs> and I was looking at Medusa again, I was like, this character would be great without flurry. <laughs> like, Yeah, Royal like... Decree is stupid. Um Royal Decree, a throw, pushes on her attacks that are range yeah. three, a, like a flat reroll for her. Like, <laughs> like she's the, got, even if she never no. gets flurry, she's good. Yeah. Like, but she can still get it. Like, yeah. and when she gets it, it's dumb. Yeah, when she gets her flurry, she's extremely oppressive. Um, I have ga- had games where she'll get her flurry on both of her attacks and literally completely change the board state because she has so much power because all she does is her builder. Um, she has so much power, so she just royal decreeing everybody like crazy, completely changes the board state, and then my opponent is like, I, I don't even know what I can do now, um, just because of Medusa's activation, like she's still oppressive, I, I honestly think if you're playing X-Force, you should be playing Medusa and if you think that she got downgraded, that's no, she, you're looking at her wrong well, royal decree is her get money downgraded. that <laughs> is technically accurate, but she's still great yeah, she, she was balanced she was balanced. Yeah. She's still like she's still really good. I yeah. I've been teaching my partner to play X Force, and the first time that I had her use Medusa, she mm-hmm. she got literally confused. She's like, "Wait, how many things do I get to do with this character?" Like all it just things. you compared to any other activation, you're like, "Okay, well now you've made four attacks, and you've moved, you've moved two different characters, and now we're going to resolve your throw. It's just like, well, <laughs> when do I stop doing things with this person? When do I move on to another character? And it's like, never. Medusa just does everything. 
Um, but yeah, so Zemo, Medusa, um, I hate to say it, but yeah, Voodoo's always good. Voodoo's good everywhere, so why not? Um, one of my fan favorites lately has been either OG Strange or Sorcerer Supreme Strange. I think for the listeners, I think if you're going mono X-Force, you take Sorcerer Supreme. I think if you're going split with X-Men, I think you take OG Strange. Um, that's you just don't have to sell on me it. on OG Strange. Like <laughs> I like he's probably my favorite character in the game. And there, there's definitely a, a part of me that was like, ooh, you know, OG Strange. Like everybody's just buffing defense all the time. Yeah, like no, it's adding it's to the attrition, stupid. like kind of um, attrition in almost like a war machine way, where most people yeah. say attrition in um, MCP when it's just like any aggressive team is mm-hmm. attrition. But sometimes X-Force can do this really nice, like, balanced healing, like, raising defenses. So you're kind of like, it's harder to drag them down, but then they're still yeah. they're still aggressive. And that's, like, that's kind of a really core attrition team where they can take a hit and dish it out. Absolutely. Um, and plus, like, like, putting Strange in there, like, I don't want this character to die, but they're both within range three of Strange and Cable. This person's getting plus four defense dice. On yeah. average, that is seven defense dice for an average defense character. That is insane. Like who else is doing that other than Cap? Like yeah, nobody. Yeah. I guess Colossus, but um it's just it's it's crazy. I I like both options. They're both fun. Um ASM's a fun pick. I like that for a while. I've seen Ebony Maw, I've seen Black Panther. Uh Mordo's okay. Um he's okay. I don't really care for it that much just because like my biggest issue is you're, if you're bringing in another support character, it needs to bring somebody who is doing something else. Because if you look at it, Cable is nothing but a support character. And if you look at Cable that way, then he's an amazing five threat. Um, I, I, I'm shutting down all the haters right now. Cable's a great five threat. Um, he's a support character, not a killer. Don't look at him that way. If you look at him like a killer, he's a terrible five threat. <laughs> you look at him like a support character, he's a great five threat. It's just like Gene. Um, Anyways, so like that's why I don't like Mordo so much because Mordo really doesn't bring anything other than support. Like he's gonna sit on the back line, which is where Cable wants to be. He's going to boost attack dice, which okay, sure, that's fine. And then he's gonna shoot Mystic Bolts. I'd much rather use somebody like Hood if I'm trying to get Mystic damage in there for a three threat. Uh speaking of Hood, Hood is amazing in X Force. He's he's good. I'd also even say Thanos. Um it's just hard with the point values. Um but Thanos can work. Um, I won't. I'd say Juggernaut. No, a lot of people are trying to fit Juggernaut everywhere. I don't like Juggernaut in X Force. Like, sure, he's fun, but yeah, he, he's, that's I don't really care for him. Another really fun one is um, Moon Knight. Uh, I love Moon Knight in X Force. Um, a lot of people probably don't think about that, but he is a fun little inclusion if you have a little spot in your heart for Moon Knight. So one um, thing I was noticing, um, just looking at like the damage types and stuff, and obviously we we have a really strong damage dealer, or, you know, mm-hmm. really strong, maybe an exaggeration, but either way, like Cable's a solid energy damage yeah. dealer. But a lot of the threes that we've talked about, Zemo, X-23, Domino, there's a lot of physical. Mm-hmm. Um, is there uh, an energy three threat that you like more than the other ones? Um... Let me think. Not really. Because honestly, OG Iron Man kind of like, I like him. I was eyeing him here, especially with the reduced cost of Friday AI now, like giving like a soft control piece. Yeah. Um, the reroll could help him get the wild when you want it. Um, 
I didn't know, you know, if you had any thoughts there. So I like Iron Man there. Um, the only issue I have with it is I, if I was looking at a three threat and it was down to that, I would be taking Blizzard over Iron Man nine out of ten times. Um, so I, I just I would, mean if we're trying yeah. to work in an energy attacker at a yeah. three threat slot, do you have a favorite? Yeah, I would say Iron Man solid. I'm trying to think of who else I would think of, but Iron Man is probably the biggest one for three threat. I mean, I don't really want to do Star Lord or Hawkeye. No. Like neither of those quite work for me in this situation. Um, no. I typically use like my four threat, like cause I like playing Rogue within there, and she can swap her, swap her damage type. Yep. Um. So I like Rogue typically for that role. Um. But I, you could easily be Iron Man to be honest, and I I like the choice. Iron Man's okay. good. Okay, so as we start working, so now I've got some of the core ideas in my mind to help gauge a direction. Um, yeah. I know not everybody does this, but I feel like, especially if you're trying to put together a team, I kind of like looking at the tactics cards pretty early on, or not tactics, yeah. but crisis cards pretty early on and go, what a, what exactly am I building for? Mm-hmm. Um, and I know you've said on Danger Room before that you feel like there there isn't really a crisis that they lean towards, but then they're yeah. not bad at any. Um, my first preference would be, can I build them in such a way where I'm not leaning towards like demons and gamma? Cause I feel like everybody builds towards that. <laughs> I'll get enough games on that anyway. Yeah. Um, is there a plan that's not centered around those that would work well for X-Force? Absolutely. Um, bees are great. So infinity and Mad Men. Okay. Um, especially if you do bring the likes of rogue um, and another, maybe four defense physical, model like madman's not it bad it's not hard for me to include black panther in a roster i'm just saying yeah so it's 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 madman's good um surprisingly x-force really isn't bad at d shapes either because they have range fives uh especially with x23 and honey badger now they're actually extremely mobile and you can really build your list to be like solid on D shapes or solid on B. This is why I think X-Force is just a really just middle of the road because they can do everything. I don't think it, they're really There's a local altering. that I've been trying to help with his X-Force roster and yeah. he finally got me in one game <laughs> and my, I was like helping him and like giving him ideas and stuff but the, what basically the way the game was unraveling is uh, Cable was on the back D mm-hmm. and then he had sent X-23 and Honey Badger to one side and then uh, Colossus and Zemo went on to the other. Yeah. And the problem was, is like, I kind of ended up feeling like I had no direction to go because I was having trouble getting Zemo down because of Colossus's bodyguarding. And with exceptional healing, I, so the direction I tried to go was to try to like soften up Honey Badger and X-23. And that just didn't go well. <laughs> <laughs> it never does. Um, and like, so even though that was only five threat, the problem was, is, uh, cable kept like moving forward, shooting, and then hopping back onto the back D point. And so he just kept like incinerating the characters that are trying to fight with honey badger and X 23. Mm-hmm. And, um, I just, I eventually lost that fight, even though I think I maybe even had like seven threat going that direction. Um, but it, it just eventually it, it caved and then the whole, the, it ended up being a very close game, but it was just the Honey Badger and X-23 just kind of won their side with Cable's support because I just didn't... There wasn't a whole lot of point in trying to go battle with Colossus. like that. Yeah. Um, which I'm not trying to, like, preach, hey, we're going to work in Colossus. It was just in this specific situation. Like, Colossus was actually just fine. Um, I didn't really want to waste attacks into him, but uh, the other well, side it, was a murder machine. 
it's like if you want somebody who's going to stand there and like just survive, Colossus is perfectly fine. Like, it's just you typically can't afford. Like, I'd much rather be rogue because I want somebody who's going to be pushing forward. Um, that's just how I look at X Force. I think of like like kind of on your point earlier when you're talking about how attrition's looked at in MCP. Um, I look at X Force as an aggro list, not an attrition list, because yeah, you can do the whole healing factor thing, but a lot of times, like what's your what do you when you're playing X Force, you're pushing and you're pushing as hard and as fast as you can. But yeah, I mean the Colossus spot could easily be Medusa or Voodoo, and it's still like a really really strong build. Um, Absolutely, just, like hard to take down. Yeah, I just I I don't I think Colossus got a lot of bad flack because a lot of people were expecting more of him, but like he's literally doing his role his role is to sit there and take a hit that's that's what he's there for um he just feels bad because he's not helping the aggression or the push forward god i wish that guy was a medium move i'd be playing him <laughs> all over all over the place completely agree um okay so locking in the the crisis i'm not opposed to building an infinity uh a mutant madman plus something um like we could do those two plus extremist console like i would be mm-hmm. totally fine building that direction so one that I would argue for is actually Cosmic Invasion because it's 16. A lot of teams don't really do good at 16 other than Black Order, of course. Um, but if you do 16, you can do Cable, Badger, 23, and two threes. That being probably Zemo and, um, oh, I don't know, Bucky. Uh, <laughs> uh, so that's, that's something to think about is, and at that, Zemo is really good on D-shapes and so is Bucky. Um, and you have a lot of aggression going forward with it. Um, Bucky doesn't like the split as much, but he still can hold his own. So I, I like Cosmic Invasion more than Extremist, uh, but I can see where Extremist is nice because it's 17. It's got healing involved with it, which just doubles down on your healing factor. You're healing potentially three damage. Yeah, you still get some really good 17s in there. and. Yeah. Um, you've got a lot of characters that can generate extra power to interact, but you know, I do enough of the pay to flips and like, I've, I'm so hardcore into mutant madmen and my X-Men. I'm totally yeah. fine building this without the pay to flips, just give, keeping me variety. So I yeah. would be cool doing infinity formula, extremists and cosmic portal. And that's completely fine. Um, oh. because the other thing that you want to look at is Jonathan is actually extremely good. Uh, believe it or not. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I could, especially in, in some of those, that's uh, uh, that's really solid. Um, I think one thing we have to keep in mind here is we are building, uh, like, Criminal Syndicate and Web Warriors both like these. Yes. <laughs> so we, I think we got to keep that in mind, that those could be some, some challenging games. Um, I agree. Are there any extracts that we should be leaning towards? So I personally have gone really towards the single extracts. I used to think hammers yeah, was like same. great for X Force, but I just had too many times where if like you're going into Hulk, next thing you know Hulk has four hammers on him, <laughs> and it's just a game over at that point. Like, how are you stopping Hulk with four hammers? Not only that, but like X twenty three doesn't want to be holding a hammer because then it's harder to get exceptional healing off. It's harder to get field dressing off. Like, I just I feel like hammers really isn't the game anymore. Only because it's gonna it's gonna it's gonna flip hard. Um, your opponent's gonna have that big swing turn to where they're holding three or even four hammers, and that's huge. Versus if it's only one, like you have a very clear goal, and your team is just pushing towards that goal, 
And that's kind of what you want to be doing instead of having split. Um, sure, it's easier to maintain parity with something like hammers or something like that. I also don't think X-Force is great at like the the five like spiders or cubes. A lot of people like to think that X-Force is really good at cubes because of healing factor. But here's my argument for this. How is healing factor helping you out with cubes? People say, well, you're going to heal the damage that you're holding the cubes for. Yeah, but that's after the fact. So if you don't have priority, and I took two damage on X-23, my opponent goes, they still have two damage less to do to X-23. Healing factor did absolutely nothing for me. The only time it helps is if you have priority and you're going to heal that damage before they get to go. But then you have your other characters that are holding the cubes that are taking damage. So it's like, I don't really buy the argument that healing factor helps with cubes. Um, Long run, sure, but uh, cubes is still hurting you. It's not really buying you anything except for maybe like one round. Well, it is hurting your opponent too, right? If they're holding a couple of cubes, that helps with your game plan. I'm not opposed to a cubes, especially if we go the route where I might be running three or four exceptional healing characters. That really starts adding up on cubes. Um, Cass and Lizard both... Um, end up being great you know you don't have to have i think i would rather in a team like that maybe have lizard and cassandra pick up cubes yes and then x23 goes and hunts down a cube holder yes if, um, if i was playing cubes that's the plan that i would go with is the people who really want the power because if you're playing lizard you're probably bringing lucky brain um which is just stupid good especially if you get the right scenario um and that and like Nova loves power and that's, that's her biggest issue. So when I'm playing Nova, I completely agree. Cubes is great because she will hold a cube and she's in the back line anyways. And she's not going to be hunted down as much because your opponent's going to have to really work to get to her. So I think cubes with Nova is actually a good plan. Um, I just think your, your typical X force is what I'm saying is not yeah. so great with cubes. So, um, I guess then, so the crisis, the four extracts I'm kind of leaning towards, um, while I agree with you, I think a lot of people take hammers when they shouldn't. We have talked about quite a few characters I think are actually quite good with hammers. Like, obviously, Bucky's one of the better hammer holders. Um, And I think Zemo, Voodoo, Medusa, like, all of these are potentially, like, very solid hammer characters that aren't necessarily going to be playing that many tactics cards. Mm -hmm. Um, But I'm not, like, 100% on it. So I'm kind of leaning towards alien ship, scrolls, cubes, and hammers as kind of being the four. So Um, I'm going to throw an argument out that I know that is your argument for this, because I listened to an episode of Fury's Finest recently, and they mentioned that this is what you said. Uh, (laughs) And that is, why am I going to bring hammers when everybody else is bringing hammers? Um, Let's bring something different that they're not practiced on. So I would say drop hammers for cubes. And I am, uh, yeah, I'm I'm fine with that. I think there's an argument for any of the three. Yeah. uh, I think the only I avoid hammers pretty much like the plague, and so I'm fine with not including <laughs> it. I was just like, this is one roster that I actually think, like for the listener's sake, this yeah. is one of the situations where I would actually consider hammers. Um, but I'm fine with we can start with um, scrolls. Uh, <laughs> honestly, you could make the same argument like everybody's playing alien ship and scrolls now. Yeah, but that's fair. just the, the way of the world. Um, but I do like with all the the healing tech and stuff. Um, you know, that's something uh, I guess we're not, I don't necessarily want to go back to the secures at the moment, but I was just thinking, I was like, you know, with all the healing, like this team might be kind of good at um, deadly meteors. Mm-hmm. Um, but 
at the same time, like it's not perfect for them either. So yeah, I'm fine with starting with this six. Okay. So then looking at the list, obviously we're going to do cable. We're going to do X 23. We're going to do badger. We're going to do domino. And then we've got six more slots. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to slot in Voodoo now. I just think he's too critical <laughs> in the meta. He adds a well, mystic attacker to this team. Yes. Um, he, you know, he likes the reroll. Like there's just, there's tons of great synergy within here. Um, well, that, and you're bringing scrolls and Krikor. Like with that, you really should just be printing Voodoo because you're bringing two of the, his best scenarios. Yeah. Um, I think I'd like to go the exceptional healing route. Mm-hmm. And so I think let's start with Lizard and Cassandra. Mm-hmm. Um, which that leaves us three more slots. Um, there's definitely a part of me that would... I guess one of the questions is, like, even at 20, what are the chances that I want to build the five with, uh, like, uh, or build um, five threes plus a cable? Or am I going to want to bring in some of these fours like Voodoo? And it feels like I probably are going to want Voodoo in that case. Yeah. So I don't even really need a plan for five threes. Agreed. So, um. So in that case, if we're building a team like that, and let's say we're doing Cable and Voodoo, and then I have 11 more, that means I'm probably running um, uh, like Badger, X-23, and Domino is eight. And so I can fit in one more three. And so that could certainly be Lizard. And I think that sounds like a perfectly fine 20 threat in most cases. Yeah. Okay. So we're we're no weird math there. Um Say we're going to build a cubes team, right? We're going to do cable and then have 12 more. Uh, that could be voodoo and lizard. So it's basically the 20 threat minus Dom. No, that seems fine. Mm-hmm. That's how I fit that. in Cassandra into, into cubes. Um, I suppose if we end up playing cubes at 18, Cassandra could go in in place of voodoo. And I think that's still very good. I'd agree with that. Okay. So. All right. So I'm liking this core of seven. Um, what are the characters that jump out you most to like fill these last three spots? I know you're a big Medusa. <laughs> um, so. Well, one thing is like um, the, the, the quality keeps cutting in and out really bad. So I can barely hear what you're saying. Uh, that's okay. I can always clean okay. stuff up. So, um, which which other characters jump out at you most for these other three slots? So, I would highly recommend going between Medusa or Rogue, if not both. Because, like you said, you don't really need any more three threats. Um, but, like, with Medusa, you could play what I like to call a cup game with Badger, to where it's truly incinerate on a stick. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like, it's all you... Badger did her job over here. Now I'm going to place her over here. And she's going to be super good for me on this side. Um, I love Medusa in X-Force. Like, just being able to reposition my own models during my turn and just have fun with it. I love it. Plus, it's another range 3 attack. That's super good. Um, I, I love it. Uh, and then Rogue, I love the, ver- the versatility of her attacks. 
the biggest issue is her round one is typically dead unless you're bringing R&D. Um, so her round one is going to be like move and take a point, um, which isn't the worst thing in the world because at least doing something. But if you get R&D onto her, then it's super good. But I, I like Rogue a lot and I like Medusa a lot as four threats of choice. Or you could do something that I've been toying around with that is actually taking Sabretooth um, and doing just YOLO plays with him, but that's, <laughs> that's more of a fun thing to do. Um, Sabretooth is super fun. Uh, he, he really is, because on Gamma, you could just like double move, like wait till like, the very end of like round one, and then double move Sabretooth over to your opponent's back Gamma, and they're either not scoring it, or they have to deal with Sabretooth. Like, and if they're going to deal with him, he has a chance to spike and just take out an opponent around one. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's more of a fun play, but it's it's super fun. Um, we call it the Yolo Sabretooth. But like in all seriousness, I would I would highly consider Medusa or Rogue. Yeah, I mean, I like both of them in that slot. Rogue he does uh, help out a mutant madman a touch more. Yeah. She does provide an energy attack, but Medusa has like pretty. I don't know. Both Medusa and Rogue actually have really high. Like they're both a character just like they seem like they just keep activating. They just yeah. keep doing stuff. Um <laughs> and it can be kind of silly. I could error towards Medusa because I'm playing a lot of rogue anyway in X-Men. Yeah. So for variety's sake, I could do Medusa in that spot. Um is there is there anyone that I should be considering that's maybe like got a four energy defense or something in case I end up playing on uh like a spider portals or something like that. But there's no four threat that really jumps out at me as having the four energy defense, but also really good synergy in the team. Um, no, that, now you got me thinking Marvel isn't terrible. Um, but I just, I, I'm not a fan of her character in my opinion. That's like the only reason, but she's not terrible. Yeah. I like her character. I think this team doesn't help her with her power no. issues, which is where she would shine. Yeah. Um, other than that, I... I don't really want to bring in Hella. Vision is always really solid. Um, he's, he's always really solid. Um, and he does... Yeah, I mean, I can't he's, he's argue with that. He's great. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think he's... I prefer Medusa or Rogue to him. I agree. Um, but if anybody wants, like, another option, Vision is really good here. He's nothing crazy special, but he's just... He's self-sufficient, and that's what you're getting with him, is just efficiency. Um, Ronan is another interesting pick. I, I'm not really sold on it, but some people brought it up to mm-hmm. me to try, but I just never really could get it to work the way I wanted it to. I'm actually a pretty big Ronan fan. I could see the argument for that slot. It gives a four energy defense. The reroll helps him hit the wilds and stuff. And in the attrition game, he gets to start handing out judgments. If somebody yep. wants to play that and then they don't get power when you start wrecking them. Mm. I'm at least gonna put that down as an option. Fair enough. Uh, other than that, that's that's pretty much all I would recommend. Um, maybe Hella could just round one plays. That's about it, though. Like she's not, she doesn't do anything crazy in X Force. She's not adding anything except for maybe like jank. But seriousness, yeah. yeah, I'd rather go Medusa. Do we do we need to work in a two threat that can contest, or do you feel like it's fine with Badger being the only two? I think it's if you have room for it and you're not fighting for slots, I think it's definitely worth considering Rocket, Toad, or Bullseye. Yeah. I mean, it's really, it's going to kind of fight with um, 
fight with slots that are, yeah. you know, just kind of like variations of different positions. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think that's really what we have for the last two slots is it's just going to be variations on certain characters for certain spots. Like, okay, we do a two threat to have a variation um, off of Badger in, in a key situation. Um, do you have a favorite two for a team like this? Uh, I would lean towards Bullseye most of the time. I would say Bullseye, because you're not really trying to do extract jank with Toad. You're not really, like, you have enough range 5 going on that you really don't need Rocket, and, like, Rocket's fine, but I, a lot of times you'll find yourself with people just being left on one because that's dice, and then Bullseye just clutches and just helps you finish people off. Um, I like Bullseye a lot in here. Yeah, I can totally, I can totally see that. And we haven't squeezed in Bucky yet, so we're not too overwhelmed on like the people who want to sit back on points. Yeah, isn't we're not like real stressed there. So I think, yeah, probably leaning Bullseye. Um, I can still see the argument for a Toad in here, just because it's nice when you have so much of your team being being killy. When you have a two threat that can just kind of like run around, like, oh, I just needed someone to go pick that up, yeah, and um, hang back. I can agree with that. Um, okay, well, let's just say we slot in slot in Toad. Um, but that could always flex to Bullseye, especially if we need it. So then there's there's one more slot. I don't think we need another three. Because um, I just think there's such good potential with, like, if there's a situation that I don't want to run Badger, mm-hmm. Cable X23 Domino is just really solid. That's just, yeah. like, a really good... I suppose we could talk about Iron Man, um, but I'm kind of wondering if I want to take that last slot to squeeze in a second, or I guess it would be a, a third four, because um, there are going to be some situations where I don't want Voodoo. Mm-hmm. Um, so of Medusa, Rogue, Ronin, you want to sell me any particular direction? If we can <laughs> fit in a second one, I know Ronin's not really your favorite. Um, so if... It was me, not just because Ronan isn't my particularly like favorite for me. Um, I would say Rogue only because Convocation seems to be on the rise, and Rogue is amazing in the Convocation because one, she can throw; two, she doesn't care about Ironbound books; um, three, it's Rogue. Like she's she's gonna live, and she's good at sapping power and just making people who thrive on power like suffer. So I like Rogue a lot for multiple reasons, especially in the Convocation. Ronan's good in the Convocation too, though. He's got a range four uh, energy attack, so he doesn't yeah. he doesn't care about uh, he doesn't care about it either. And they certainly don't want to be judged. That that um, is true. Hmm. You know, maybe just because um, I'm getting in a lot of Rogue games. With <laughs> go go Ronan. You know, go Ronan, yeah. and um, I wanna I wanna hear how it goes for you. I wanna hear how Ronan ended up performing because I I didn't have luck with him, but I'm also extremely biased against Ronan from my Guardian days. Um, I just never enjoyed him. Yeah. So um, I guess a big question to come back to is obviously we're leaning towards the second five being Cassandra. I think there still is reasonable conversation that that could be a strange. Yeah. Um, and I also don't hate Angela being in here. So I, hear, <laughs> I have arguments on Angela. So yeah. um, uh, this is actually a really interesting point of topic. Um, Angela's really, really good. Um, cool. 
Yes. Now, where you're going to run into issues is Angela and 23 are trying to do the exact same thing. And that's where the issues are going to lie is one of them is going to end up feeling underwhelming. And it's probably going to be Angela because you paid five threat for her. And 23 is doing the exact same role as her just as efficiently. We are playing two different Ds. So you could have Angela going one direction and the X-23 Badger combo going the other direction. That is true. Uh, I could buy that for a dollar. Um, and at the, with the split, it helps out because then your opponent's kind of like, well, which side is worse? <laughs> um, <laughs> and which, the answer is yes. They're both yeah. worse. <laughs> well, because like, well, uh, I love I love the Angela play because like you're getting you, you with Angela and 23 in the list, you're getting two frenzies. Like if you can daze people, you're getting potentially three attacks off of two characters, which is just amazing. Angela is also super mobile. So if you happen to get hammers uh, from your opponent and you have priority, you're already looking really good. Uh, with just Angela, um, like Angela's really solid, and I, I it's kind of crazy how far she's fallen down. Like how many people take her just because she is really solid. Um, that's just my my only argument is her and twenty three are performing the same role. Um, uh, but I can see the art like the D's like that could actually be extremely helpful because she is a long mover with a big base, and that is extremely good on a D shape. It does give another the team another character who would be both for physical and for energy. Like yeah. if we run into some pay to flips, it just gives a it gives an option there. Um, but I guess what I was think, trying to think about in my brain is like, how often am I going to work in Cassandra? Like I would yeah. like her to be in this team, but I have three characters to use exceptional healing anyway, so mm-hmm. I, I like that. Um, I'm just trying to imagine like what role does Cassandra take in because we've got two different D's. So where right. Cassandra is really helping you out is helping you line up your matchups um, because you don't really have anybody that's helping you control what your matchup is. And that's something that 23 kind of needs because 23 can easily get overswarmed. And if she gets overswarmed, she is going to go down no matter how like survivable she is. And that's where Nova, I could see be, being helpful. Kind of like where I use strange to control my matchups. Um, you can use Nova in the same aspect. Now, another argument for Angela is she does have a size four throw on round one. Um, and that could be extremely helpful into things like Brotherhood, like getting rid of the train before Magneto can go get throw it. Or into Convocation, where you're throwing a size four round one into somebody who really doesn't want to be taking the size four <laughs> round one. Um, so like that's another argument for Angela. I could see it going either way. Um, I'd even argue that you just take both instead of that last three slot, just take Angela and Cassandra Nova and whichever one you want to play with, you play with. I was well, doing that for a while. I don't think I want three fives, right? Cause we've already got cable. <laughs> and so I think a third five is probably a mistake. Um, but I will also... say I, I had a lot of fun when I was first toying around with um, the X-Force list. And that was, I would run cable, strange Scarlet witch, and then 23 and badger. So essentially I was running four fives. Um, <laughs> uh, and it was really fun uh, to be completely honest it was a, a, a grand time but it's just you you lose a lot of agency especially at 20 when you're only running technically like four wide when your opponent's running six to seven wide um, yeah so I was gonna like a defensive Cassandra's I do think mental domination is really yeah, good FX. Um, I was a little concerned that too much of her tech might not be good on the two D's that we chose um, right. 
Like she, mm-hmm. it's harder for her to like distract and, you know, move away, but then like still be on the point. And it might be worthwhile to have someone a little bit more durable there. Yeah. Um, and I know we had talked about OG strange and he still plays into the, like being able to heal. Like anytime you don't finish off a character in this team, it can be really bad. Mm-hmm. Um, but obviously um, you just mentioned Scarlet, Witch. we're not tight on tactics cards. I know we haven't gotten there yet, but it's not like we're playing brotherhood or something. So bringing in like one of these super powered characters that has like a baller tactics card, like no more mutants. Um, I mean, obviously Cassandra has mental domination, which is also great. Um, I don't know. Which way do you think I should lean on a five? I'm indecisive here. <laughs> um, I think Nova's really fun. Mental domination is really cool. Which with no more mutants is really cool. Um, Ma with Shush is really cool as well i know there's some people out there trying to make ma work in x-force which is kind of funny he's just he's a powerhouse he also like enables you to bring r&d if you really want to and not have to spend it off of cable um ma's actually really fun here and hey, i'm uh, ma's high on my list of characters <laughs> to play more often too but so is scarlet witch and cassandra uh well the cool thing about ma is he's bringing the mystic attacks that you're lacking um He's also got a size four throw that is a really good size four throw. Um, and he's on his healthy side, he's rather durable to be completely honest, especially early game. Um, and then like the other cool thing about, like I said, like he can be a really good, like R and D bank to like, just if you're planning on playing R and D, that is, I, I don't know why I always resort to R and D cause like R and D has been a big staple to my X-Force list lately. Um, so there's that, but yeah, I can see that. I mean, I'm his power economy can be a yeah. little weird. So I, I generally like to let him save yeah. power for a round. Um, but yes, he absolutely could be a good um, advanced R and D. I do. Uh, it feels like OG strange maw or Scarlet, Witch is slightly better on infinity formula than Cassandra. Cause if she's standing yep. and just doing the range for attack, I think strange maw and Scarlet, Witch are a little bit better. Mm-hmm. Um, that and if you really think about it, if Nova is the one using exceptional healing, I think you have a lot of other things you're worried yeah. about. Um, like, yeah, that should it's... not be the case. <laughs> okay. Um, all right. Well, I mean, I could be convinced of Strange, Ma, or Scarlet Witch. Do you, do any of those, I mean, you said, like, you've liked running Stranges before. Yeah. So um, my big argument for Strange is he's bringing the control that you don't have, and it's not just a soft control, it's a hard control. Um, yeah. Like he does also give us moving. an energy attack, which we were talking about being light on in some cases. Mm-hmm. And then also, if you take OG Strange, you have that activation possibility on Black Order, which could mm. be extreme money. Um, I'm actually kind of leaning more towards OG Strange more than the others. Scarlet Witch does add to the... Because we've already got Ronan in there. Like yeah. We could add to the judgment plan of this team could very regularly... like at various threat levels, be able to judge your opponent and make it so they're not getting power from all of the damage that we want to put out. That's true. Um, um, that could be fun, as well as Scarlet Witch is extremely efficient in X-Force because she likes skulls. So if you reroll and you roll a skull, who cares? <laughs> um, I mean, your mm-hmm. opponent cares because it hurts more. Uh, Scarlet Witch is fun. And then No More Mutants is great on, like, stopping a possession play or a death decree from Thanos or um, anything like that. Like, No More Mutants is a solid, solid card. I, I would say, yeah, go, I would say either OG Strange or Scarlet Witch, one of the two. Okay. Well, you know, since I'm playing a lot of Doctor Strange in uh, my X-Men, 
mm-hmm. I'm gonna go Scarlet Witch. Sounds good. Um, just gives me. I've been. She's a character I've been wanting to get on the table a little bit more. She's a little less control, so maybe, maybe she does get switched for Maw at some point. But I'm willing to try that out. Okay, so let's talk tactics cards. Um, obviously, exceptional healing. Mm-hmm. Um, we're gonna do no more mutants. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, what do you like for the restricted cards? So I think field dressing, if you're taking Honey Badger in 23 in a majority of your games, which in my opinion, if you're playing X-Force, you probably are, um, just because it helps out with threat value so much. Uh, field dressing is amazing because you could literally, if you have the power, you can big sis, little sis, and then field dressing in between activations to start to field dress 23 if they just took her out. Um, it's really cool. As well as being able to field dressing Honey Badger, just make them have to hit a two threat again is always fun. So I think field dressing is really solid. Um, I also like bitter rivals because I also play a lot of like fighting. Like we like to yep. fight. It's X force. Bitter rivals is solid. You already are minus one defense for honey badger. You're going to get incinerate on somebody and now you're going to bitter rivals them. So they're going to be minus three on someone who's a four defense. Like, hello. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. It, it, and like, I used to be against the plan because I'm like, like, when is the likelihood of this actually happening? And it, if you're playing beta rivals, it's gonna happen. Like, at least one character is gonna be minus three defense, and that character is just gonna melt. Like, they just die. Um, so if you like that thought of that, it's fun. Um, it works. Med pack, I say no because you have your healing factor people. Um, you don't really need it. It could be super clutch and super times, and sometimes I do wish I had it, but I would rather, if I'm taking a healing card, I'd rather just take Brace, because Brace is essentially a healing card. You're saving yourself anywhere from one to five damage. Um, like Brace is, in my opinion, a healing card, especially in like today's meta with how many Brotherhood are out there. Uh, Brace is just a money card. Uh, patch up, you don't really need patch up, because nobody's like really going to be benefiting from five health like not not really so so for me like patch up and med pack are eh. um and then i would rate top three being field dressing number one and then bitter and brace tied for two okay um i think we definitely go with field dressing for this team i think it has a lot of potential to build the power to be able to pretty easily field dress even when we're running the d's um, and there's a lot of ability to heal. Like a character coming back with one health might come back with a lot more. Um, the team is not like part of the reason with my X Men. I've been running um, Brace a lot is because I think like OG Strange needs it. Like Storm can go down really easily without it. This team doesn't seem like quite as weak to mm-hmm. throws. Like obviously, like. Getting a size four chucked in these sucks. Yeah. Um, but I mean, maybe it's a reason why I should be considering Maw over Scarlet Witch, because Maw has his own like just brace superpower. That's true. I mean, Cassandra Nova has it too. Um, but maybe that's a direction to go. And I mean, I I do like Med Pack a lot. Um, and I like playing up the like keep all the characters alive as long as possible. Yeah. Um. You know what? Let's let's make an adjustment. Let's I want I like Ma. I want to play him more too. He starts with the power right away. He doesn't add to the uh the judgment plan. He, he starts with two power right away. 
So he starts with three. Well, three. He adds plus two. He <laughs> adds plus two. So he can he can have uh, shush online right away. Yeah. Um. Okay. Let's let's try that. Let's do fa- uh, field dressing med pack. I'm just not a big bitter rivals person. We're playing pretty spread out. That's fair. Um. Okay. So exceptional healing, shush, field dressing, med pack. Um. Obviously, I think we're going to work in uh, Jonathan. Mm-hmm. And so let me let me let me try and sell you on this. <clears throat> I think if you're playing X Force and you have the ability, I mean, you have it with Cable. I think if you're playing Jonathan, a lot of times you actually do play R and D with it, and I think it is absolutely worth two tactics cards. Because most teams are not going to have the opportunity to go get rid of Jonathan. So if you're playing something like Demons or a D-shape um, to where you could just drop Jonathan round one and then take Cable on the flank instead of having to do those pop shots back and forth. Um, that way you're actually getting the use of his shields as well. Um, yeah, you had me at advanced <laughs> R&D. Fair enough. Um, also, like, I'll, my other, I'll put in an argument just for the listeners. Um Medusa getting R&D is amazing because it lets you do Royal Decree, which also means you could start looking at not taking Cat and Mouse as often because you can set it up to where you R&D to Medusa and Medusa will move Royal Decree 23 or Cable or whoever you wanted to Cat and Mouse. And at that point, you're not limited to the factors of Cat and Mouse only giving you one action and, or one move action rather. And you're farther up than Cat and Mouse lets you get. Um, so I really like R&D with an X-Force before Jonathan and for Medusa, or giving uh, 23 the ability to frenzy right off the bat, or just there's there's so many different uses for R&D within this faction that I think it's worth it. And my biggest thing that I would say warning people is if you are taking R&D with Jonathan, um, you, it can't just be Jonathan. Like You have to have like a secondary benefit, otherwise it's going to feel not so great. Um that also being said, I've had games where Jonathan alone has scored me five to six points. Um, and that that's huge. So for two tactics cards to score me five to six points, that's a huge thing in my opinion. It's yeah, I mean, I'm laugh at. looking at this list of characters that we've got here. There's a lot of characters that can occasionally just build up more power that they're going to use. Like yeah. if X twenty three goes off, she actually hits a point where she doesn't like if she actually murders a character like another three threat and gets five power yeah. and then spends two to go into another character and then maybe gets more than two power back like it's really easy for x23 to hit a spot where she has a surplus yeah and oh. uh, the same thing that happened to cable if he's hanging back and shooting people and nobody gets in range of a throw sometimes he's going to have a surplus uh, absolutely like you know, there's a there's a ton of characters on this list that could easily at certain points go. Well, I'm totally fine. Advance R and D three power. Yeah. So and I, I, yeah, solid. Yeah, I think it's I think it's a great great pick in this. Um, okay, so probably do cat and mouse. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would say yes, a cat and mouse. Um, I also would say for people who are listening and for you as well. Try to learn when and when not to play cat and mouse. Infinity Formula, you absolutely play cat and mouse. Um, but there's some games where you really don't need it. Like if it's a C, you don't need cat and mouse because like yeah. p- people are going to the middle anyways. Um, I think that's something that took me forever to learn, just because like it's like oh I'm playing X Force, I'm playing cat and mouse every single game. Um, it kind of just defaulted to that, and then after a while I just started letting go of it, especially when I started playing with Jonathan and Medusa more. Um, I just started letting go of cat and mouse and it actually makes your text cards feel a lot better. Um, 
So that's something I would highly recommend is. So what do you think of pretty sneaky sis? I'm down on it. I I see people saying that it is the best X-Force card and it's like, they don't want to be spending their power on that. And it's a runaway tactic. Like your X-Force list is pushing. It's not running away. Um, I liked it when I was running Gambit with X-Force and playing Dark Pass round one and then pretty sneaky round two on stuff like Infinity Formula because you can actually afford to do it because I had games in the Guardians where Guardians just couldn't do a single thing until round three. It was rather humorous to me. Um, so there's like some jank stuff with it, but in my opinion, you're pushing and you're trying to be within range two anyways with a lot of your characters. Um, I don't think pretty sneaky is worth it. Well, I'm going to say I think it's worth being in the 10. I don't know how often it's going to fit in, but I feel at the very least I should be trying it. I feel like uh, if you are, you're playing cubes, right? I don't remember if you picked cubes. Yes. Um, I can see it being good on cubes because if you're picking up the cubes with your X-Force people anyways, they're going to have the extra power to play pretty sneaky and then it's going to make them less likely to get hit, which at that point, your healing factor picking up cubes is really good because your opponent can't hit them anyways. Also, I think there could be some games where, as we talked about, the team can be, you know, we might be playing into something like Web Warriors yeah. and being able to use pretty sneaky sis to try to deny those um, um, uh, impact webbings mm-hmm. to then get the power to yank someone off a point um, yeah. could also be pretty impactful. Um, so that puts us at eight cards, which means I kind of feel like Indomitable and Sacrifice should be the ninth and tenth. Um. I would argue with your crisis selection for extracts, I would argue mission objective. Because um, it feels super bad to have the Kree core or the scroll and to drop it and just have no, just whoops, <laughs> hot yeah. potato. Um, I would argue mission objective is good. I would also argue no matter the cost, I don't think it's 100% necessary, but it is amazing with 23 because it's literally like, hey, use this card get a free spender. That's what it says for 23. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I can agree with you there. Uh, it's also really good on cable. Um, I don't think a lot of people see this, and this is one of my arguments for cable, is it's going to cost six, but it also heals you. So if you can find yourself in a situation to where cable's sitting on three power and he needs three more, um, or even four power, but you just take the three damage anyway, so it saves him some power. As long as he's hitting at least three people with a Skanisan, it's actually really kind of funny because he's going to be healing it anyways. Um, and then you're getting basically a, a three-cost, six, seven-die spender, whatever it is. I can't remember off the top of my head right now. It's even better on his backside. If yeah. you still have, no matter the cost, for whatever reason, when he's on his backside. Um, but yeah, 23 likes it. Cable actually likes it. Um, oh, Lizard likes it. Uh, I'm trying to remember who else we have in here. Um, I don't think Ma cares for it, but like, well, what, 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 I, I like it a lot because in my list, every single character loves no matter the cost. Um, so I, I, I like running it. I would recommend it, but I don't think it's necessary since you're not abusing it as much as I am. Yeah, I think I will. I think I will hold on to that one as a note as that's my. 11th if i find one of these other cards i'm just not taking or like say if pretty sneaky sis just like isn't doing what i want it to do um i think that's the one that that comes in yeah um i would say you're probably going to find pretty sneaky isn't going to get played as much as you'd want and you'd rather have something different um i would say sacrifice 100 should be taken because 
Badger has a taunt, not a bodyguard, and you could use sacrifice to get her basic bodyguard on one of the rounds that and it's cheaper than her taunt. Um well this team is gonna be so crazy when they're spreading around damage. Yeah. Like so sacrifice is just a solid card in general too. So I I one hundred percent agree with um sacrifice. Ooh, we did not have like climbing gear in here. That's one I would have potentially liked. Um, mm. I would say climbing gear is solid, especially if they reposition Badger out. But hopefully, your Indomitable is stopping that the turn that you need it. Um, I also have recently started taking Indomitable out of my list. I think it got overhyped. Like it's a good card. Don't get me wrong; it's absolutely a good card, and probably is going to end up on the restricted list. But I think it got overhyped to the point where everybody feels that they are wrong if they're not taking it. <laughs> um, because somebody brought the example to me. I have a list, and my list can literally do nine repositions in one round. Indomitable is only stopping one of those when I only need three of them. So what is Indomitable actually gaining you? It's just making you spend two power to delay the inevitable. Um, so that's something to consider. I'm not saying it's a bad card. I'm not saying people shouldn't be taking it. I'm just saying it's something to consider when you're looking at your list is what is Indomitable actually buying you? And could that slot be something more useful like a sacrifice? Because that's what happened to me. I took Indomitable out and I put sacrifice in that slot for myself um, because I just realized I wasn't playing it as much as I had originally thought I would be. I mean, I've, I haven't been as high on Indomitable as a lot of people. I think it's a really good card. Yeah. Um, but from the get-go, I've been like, you know, there are just times that you don't have the power to play something when you want. There are matchups yeah. where it's going to do nothing, or it's like, oh, you know, some character that, like, you could play it to keep them on the point, but that that character might just die anyway. Absolutely. Um, you know, uh, and I will say, of the games I've been playing, like, probably my last 10 games or so, I've been including Indomitable basically every game, and it's when I have cards left at the end of the game, Indomitable has generally been one of them. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah. Okay. I might, I always like climbing gear. I just always find a good spot for it. I'm a reposition character. And like, sometimes I'm like, Ooh, I would just like to get to this point. And sometimes having something that just gives you a little extra positioning. Um, well, it's just, it's a solid because like a lot of, yeah, you know, you'll see it. And I'm sure you've seen it. Well, you've been playing your, um, Oh, your, your significant other, um, that X-Force is really dependent on your positioning. They really are right now. Um, and if you mess up their positioning ever so slightly, it could, it could make or break your game. Um, and that climbing gear could be the thing that saves your game. It really could. Yeah. Sometimes you just got to be in range or you need to get out of range of someone. Yeah. Um, and we've got two different Ds in here. So sometimes just like that little, little extra, little extra movement is, yeah. is a big deal. So I've, I've also typically felt like I haven't quite needed climbing gear just cause medusa kind of just helps me out with that spot because she basically is doing climbing gear herself <laughs> uh to everybody else with royal decree so i haven't quite felt like i needed it but i have had situations where i'm like man climbing gear would be so clutch right now you know so one thing that i'm thinking about looking back over this is there's a part of me that wants to drop ma and go back to og strange <laughs> and one it would free up a tactics card slot yeah two we're running two Ds. Yeah. And the difference between a medium move on the 50 millimeter base and a medium move on the uh, 35 millimeter base is a pretty big deal. Absolutely. Um, and we don't have any long movers. And so I think, 
Mm, that's tough. I would like to run Maw more, but... I think the yeah. other thing that Strange is bringing is, like I said it before, like, let me just put an activated token on Thanos or Corvus. Yeah. Uh, let me also just get free pushes on everybody. And I think yeah. that's something that, like, X-Force helps them excel, is if you are, like, you're orchestrating your matchups, like... Like I said, like 23 will get overwhelmed and she'll feel really bad. But if you can make it to where 23 is having one-on-ones, she's just going to excel every single time. Like she is like a one-on-one queen. Like she loves them. Yeah. Um, All right. Going back to Strange though, I think Medpack needs to become Brace though. Agreed. Absolutely. Okay. All right. Well, I'm going to run down the roster for the listeners for real quick. And then um, Dizzard and I, for the bonus episode, we'll run this through like some, uh, a little bit of some gauntleting and see what we think. Um, but where we're at now. So the crisis cards are extremists, infinity formula, cosmic invasion, scrolls, alien ship, and cubes. Squirrels. And then what's that? I said squirrel. <laughs> Did I say squirrel? It's, it sounded like it, but you oh. didn't. It just, it just made me think of squirrel. Squirrels. I'm gonna now, now think of that crisis as squirrels now forever. Thanks, yes. Dizzard. No, I didn't like. This. Oh, you found the squirrel. <laughs> squirrel uh, girl here. Um, everybody who listens to this is now cursed to think squirrels is now squirrels. Yeah. Now I feel like I need to make like some custom LVO uh, extracts that are squirrels. <laughs> uh, uh, something like that. That'd be hilarious. Um, okay, so <laughs> the the team is Cable, X-23, Badger, Domino, Voodoo, Lizard, uh, OG Doctor Strange, Medusa, Toad, and Ronin. And then uh, Exceptional Healing, Field Dressing, Brace, Jonathan, Advanced R&D, Cat and Mouse, Pretty Sneaky Sis, Indomitable, Sacrifice, Climbing Gear, and then there's an 11th, uh, no uh, no matter the cost, that could flex in for any of the other spots, um, depending on testing. So I'm, I'm, I'm liking this team. This has got a lot of solid options. I've been enjoying the hell out of Domino. I'm going to talk about her more in the future. She's... <laughs> um, well, here, let me... So obviously, Voodoo's been a pretty big deal in the meta, right? Yeah. Um, so something I've been doing to Voodoo when I put Domino on that side, so he can't crit, like his crits don't explode. Mm-hmm. But then whenever he rolls a wild, I just spend to uh, turn skulls into crits, even if I don't have skulls. So he doesn't get a sap any power. Yeah, that's, that's, <laughs> that's completely fair. Um, uh, real, like, real quick. I would say um, never send 23 into voodoo. Um, Staphylova yeah. <laughs> absolutely gets around exceptional healing. And I never thought about it until I ran into it. And he's like, I'm going to do this. And then, oh, I rolled four wilds and you now have no power for exceptional. Um, and you're dead, by the way, because you rolled four wilds. Um. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it can it can be rough. And she's got the two mystic yeah. defense. And uh, you could also run into the problem that uh, you could die from the, uh, the spender, from yes. the power damage. <laughs> yeah. Um, and not be able to exceptional healing it. Um, but yeah, it, um, and I had somebody roll, uh, three wilds into Domino and they were like, oh man, I'm getting three power. I'm like, no, I'm spending all my power. Uh, cause there's no limit on it. it it's not spend five or less. Yeah. I was just like, I'm not giving you any power. I'll just spend it all to count uh, some skulls as successes. And they're like, what? <laughs> like, yeah, this happens at the crit step. So before resolving, uh, yeah, Domino does some silly things. <laughs> She's she's a blast. I love Domino. She's oh, she's just great. 
Yeah. Okay. Well, we've got the core team here um, for the Patreon bonus content. We're going to kind of dojo this through some matchups and see what we come up with. But first off, Dizzard, thank you so much for recording with me. Um, It's always a blast, man. Always fun. Always fun. I've enjoyed it. I always, I love talking to X-Force. If anybody ever wants any questions about X-Force, just hit me up. (laughs) Well, you are the X-Force Messiah. So... (laughs) Um, but I understand that you uh, you have a little podcast of your own. Um, maybe you could tell the listeners about it a little. Uh, yeah. So if anybody's curious of hearing a more just, I guess we're pretty much solely competitively focused when it comes down to it. Um, we definitely live through rose tinted glasses, so to say. <laughs> um, very opinionated. If you want to hear that type of side of MCP content, then check out the Danger Room podcast. Um, you can find it pretty much wherever you find podcasts. We're everywhere. Uh, we also, I started doing some X-Force articles. Uh, there's a couple of them on the, across the Bifrost, uh, basically ones on like characters to look at, tactics cards to look at. Um, I haven't done my crisis one yet because I just haven't gotten around to it, but I had started doing a series on X-Force. So if you just want to see like a more sit down and read, um, breakdown of my opinion on X-Force, then that is available as well. And if you find me on Discord, I'm just Dizzard. Um, you can find me super easy. Just Dizzard. Find just <laughs> yeah. Dizzard, the just X-Force Dizzard. Messiah. <laughs> and then if you uh, want to find me on Facebook, just find somebody talking about X-Force. I'm sure I was tagged in it. <laughs> <laughs> yes, probably. Uh, that makes sense. All right. Well, um, again, listeners, um, I think this is time to close out the episode. And so I'm going to say uh, the most OP thing that you can do is spend all of Domino's power to deny saps because screw voodoo. Screw voodoo. <laughs> oh man, I sh- I should call this episode Mutant Madmen. <laughs> <laughs> Mutant Mad. Because we're so mutant <laughs> dedicated right now. Uh, oh, that's not bad at all. <laughs>